One of my favorite stories in history took place on a rainy afternoon in 1816 Geneva, Switzerland, when Mary Wollstonecraft, her poet husband Percy Shelley, and their other writing buddy, Lord Byron, were all hunkering down in a castle during the storm, and Lord Byron suggested that they each write a ghost story to pass the time. And Mary was the only of the three to actually complete her rainy day activity by writing The Modern Prometheus, otherwise known as Frankenstein. Published in 1818, Frankenstein is still one of the most widely recognized fictional characters two centuries later. And with that kind of popularity, it's amazing to me that everyone calls the monster Frankenstein. Because it is Dr. Frankenstein who reanimates the monster, which is why he's called Frankenstein's monster. However, Dr. Frankenstein is also incorrect. In the original novel, Victor Frankenstein is a medical student, not a doctor. Scattered curiosity, one more classic literary horror icon was created that night by another writer who happened to be braving the storm in the castle alongside with them, the vampire, vampire spelled with a Y, written by John William Polidori. See how productive people can be without iPhones and TV? Yet, even though we modern folks have all the answers literally right at our fingertips all the times with our phones, we still believe some untruths to be truths because we've heard or seen them presented that way to us. And that ain't right. kids, we all grew up believing that if you touch a baby bird with your human hands, the mother will reject it. But birds have a lousy sense of smell and probably can't even tell if you've touched them or not. I think this is just an effective way for human mothers to keep their kids from handling wild animals. I think that's the same reason some people were raised to believe that masturbation will result in hairy palms. Another widely accepted animal fact is that bulls will charge at the Torador because of the red hue of the cape that he is waving at the beast. But bulls also have a sensory deficiency in that they are colorblind and therefore will charge at any colored cape being waved. It is the waving that agitates them. Whether you are a religious person or not, everybody is familiar with the story of Adam and Eve where the couple was expelled from the Garden of Eden after Eve is persuaded by a serpent to eat the forbidden apple from the Tree of Knowledge. Only the Bible never specifically says that it is an apple. It is the forbidden fruit. And while it may have very well been intended to be an apple, the pomegranate and fig are also strong contenders. 
In episode 5.2 of Scattered Curiosities, called Triple D's, The Daffy Donald Dilemma, I confessed my love of Looney Tunes to you, but I neglected to mention one of the coolest aspects of those cartoons that has had long-lasting effects on my growing into who I am, and that is the music. Not only were the orchestrations that underscored individual episodes masterpieces in their own right, I owe much of my basic knowledge of classical music and opera to Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, and Tom and Jerry. Some of the more famous ones are Strauss's Blue Danube, Chopin's Minute Waltz in D-flat, Rossini's Barber of Seville Overture, and the William Tell Overture, Beethoven's Seventh, Franz Liszt's Hungarian Rhapsody Number no. 2, and Wagner's Flying Dutchman Overture, Pilgrim Chorus, and Ride of the Valkyries. And if you are a Looney Tunes fan, you might know that song better as Killed a Wabbit, Killed a Wabbit, which was used in the 1957 Looney Tunes short What's Opera, Doc? Starring Elmer Fudd, wearing an iconic Viking warrior helmet. You know, the one with the horn sticking out of the sides? And his co-star is Bugs Bunny, who at one point in the short plays Brunhilde. Only Vikings did not wear helmets with horns. And Looney Tunes is not responsible for starting this trend, but rather a production of Wagner's Der Ring des Nimbelugen in 1876 when a German painter and costume designer for the production, Carl Emil Doppler, unwittingly created the stereotype that is still in vogue to this very day. Scattered curiosity, what's opera, Doc? Was the first animated short film to be chosen for preservation in the National Film Registry. Another costume misconception is that ninjas always wear all black. Well, yeah, in comic books, TV, movies, and Halloween, but the original ninjas would never have dressed this way because they wanted to blend in with everybody else. That is how you truly become invisible, by blending in with a crowd. Though I will concede that wearing all black does cloak you somewhat at night, you still have to get from point A to point B. Have you ever heard this one? That we only use like 10 to 15% of our brains? Well, that too is not exactly right. Different areas of the brain are used for different tasks. So, we just don't use all 100% of our brains at any one time. But I assure you that you use the whole squishy thing every squishy day. And speaking of squishy things, gum does not take seven years to go through your body. It is true that your body doesn't break it down for nutrients, so, like everything else that is garbage, it passes through you and you poop it out like any regular person. And if you ask any regular person on the street what SOS means, they will tell you that it is some kind of a distress call. But if you ask them what the individual letters SOS stand for, 
you will most likely get one of two answers. I don't know or save our ship. And believe it or not, the I don't knowers are closer to being correct. SOS doesn't stand for anything, really. But at the time that Morse code was the fastest way to send a message to somebody, three dots, three dashes, and three dots is a distress call that any person could send off if needed. One scenario that you would not need an SOS call for, despite popular belief, is if you are struck by a coin that has been tossed from the top of the Empire State Building. Now, it would absolutely sting, but tossing a coin from the observation deck won't kill anyone. The reason? Air friction will slow the coin on its way down allowing it to reach a maximum speed of between 30 and 50 miles per hour. Another myth believed to cause damage is that cracking your knuckles will give you arthritis. The doctors have spoken on this one, and they have concluded that zero damage is done to your hands at all when cracking your knuckles. Because the bones aren't cracking the pops and cracks that you hear are from air that is trapped inside of the joint. Think of it like tiny bubble wrap. Fun, right? Doctors have also revealed that you can totally wake a sleepwalker as well. They won't be any more confused or dangerous than you would be if someone woke you in the middle of the night in your own bed. Any college student countrywide has probably at least heard that 420 is the police code for marijuana. It is not. However, in Los Angeles, it is the code for juvenile disturbance, which might sometimes also include some marijuana use. And Section 420 of California's Penal Code, quote, prohibits the obstruction of access to public land, end quote. The urban legend surrounding 420 is most likely rooted in it being a code for the pot smokers themselves because 4.20 p.m. is a time of the day where teens and college students are all out of school, but parents and teachers are still at work, making it the most opportune time to smoke some reefer. And while we're on the topic of intoxicants, you should know that ultimately, alcohol does not warm you up. It will briefly make you feel warmer because the alcohol dilates your blood vessels, which results in the warmer blood going closer to the surface of your skin. So you do actually get a more immediate sensation of being warmer, but this is deceptive because when that happens, you actually start to lose body heat faster because it is closer to the surface of your skin. And on the surface of the earth, it appears as though Mount Everest is the tallest mountain on the planet. But it isn't. It's just the tallest above sea level. Hawaii's Mauna Kea volcano is taller than Everest, but you cannot see the base of it 
because it is deep down below the surface of the seawater. Mauna Kea is roughly 4,000 feet taller than Mount Everest. And I will conclude this episode with three slightly patriotic ones. Number one, George Washington did not have wooden teeth. They were made of ivory, gold, lead, and human teeth. Wooden dentures would not last very long inside any human's balmy mouth. Gross. Number two, I'm sure that many of you have probably heard that Benjamin Franklin would have rather the turkey be the national symbol of America over the bald eagle. But it may surprise you to learn that before either winged creature was considered, Benjamin Franklin had actually suggested a holy figure be the symbol of America. Moses. The proposed motto was, Rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. And the symbol that he envisioned was, quote, Moses standing on the shore, extending his hand over the sea, thereby causing the same to overwhelm Pharaoh, who is sitting in an open chariot, a crown on his head and a sword in his hand, rays from a pillar of fire in the clouds reaching to Moses to express that he acts by command of the deity. End quote. And the third one I really want everybody to hear and remember, and that is nowhere in the United States Constitution does it talk about political parties. There can be two, three, five, none, whatever. There are no rules on this at all. The parties are just that a party. And you can't get into a party without an invitation. Which is exactly why both the Democratic and Republican parties will work together to keep third parties and their candidates out of the running. Because, as we learn from episode 3.1 of Scattered Curiosities, Emperors, Robber Barons, Cowboys, and Indians Part 2, when Theodore Roosevelt ran as a progressive third-party candidate with his Bull Moose Party against his old Republican buddy William Howard Taft and Democrat Woodrow Wilson in 1912, he actually split the Republican vote with Taft, which all but handed the presidency to the underdog Woodrow Wilson. Remember, Roosevelt was originally a Republican. Please vote in your local elections. And don't just vote for the name that you've heard of before. Spend 15 of the minutes that you're already on your cell phone to learn a little about the policies of the candidates and choose the one that stands for what you do. National policies start at the local level. And that is how you can make your neighborhood, your country, and your world the place that you want it to be. to help us keep the curiosities coming please rate us on itunes soundcloud or your favorite podcast platform and don't forget to visit scatteredcuriosities.com for exclusive free downloads and to donate to the show